Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest in Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Well, have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And I'm Tony from Good Morning America. And together, we're taking you Inside Disney. Welcome back, Sherry. Sherry's back. So good to be back. It feels like it's been years. I've really changed. Did you miss your closet (laughs) and your slash recording studio? I did. This chair was cold and empty without me. And now I'm back. (laughs) Everything's in its right place. But I missed you both so much. Oh, we didn't miss you at all. We had a great time without you. Okay, well, I'm out of here. Bye. <laughs> See you next week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> On Inside Disney. Oh, so what have you been up to other than vacationing and enjoying yourself? Other than vacationing, I, okay, I don't mean to brag because I know it's already kind of a flex that I was just on vacation, but I did have the chance to see Luca, Pixar's <gasps> upcoming summer flick. All I can say is I cannot wait for you all to see it. That's Ooh. all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Look Sherry. Yes. Okay. And then also <laughs> I watched Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl on Disney Plus. And let me so just tell you that movie holds up. It's got it all. Orlando mm. Bloom, Pirates, Caribbean. Skeletons. The Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) It's got it all. What a amazing, amazing. And Tony, what have you been up to? Well, I'm still watching Genius Aretha from Nat Geo Mm. on Hulu. I just can't get enough. The episodes are about 45 minutes long, so it's kind of like my nightcap every (laughs) few nights during the week. But also, things are getting wild on Idol, you guys. Not only is it the live shows now. But with Luke Bryan being out, Paula Abdul filling in. Oh, yes. Literally goodbye. Like, what? <laughs> I can't. It's so good. And I'm transfixed on Idol for the rest of the season. So, super mm. fun. I love nice. her. Love yes. her. What an so icon. Uh, in other ABC news, I've been keeping up with the Connors, which has just been terrific. Oh, love. I love that show. It's so funny. And of course, Grey's Anatomy, Station 19 living for those shows i've watched every episode since they've begun and coming up on our show very special guest jason george star of station 19 and gray's anatomy coming up amazing he had such great stories if you were a fan of gray's or like pretty much any show on abc because at one point or another he seems to have been on every show on abc (laughs) good stories about gray's good stories about station 19 and good stories about jeffrey oh no (laughs) That oh is true. Coming up. <laughs> uh, anyway, also Falcon and Winter Soldier, so obsessed. The twists just keep coming. I actually got my D23 Gold member collector set. Nice. I, I am a, a member as well. The gifts are amazing. I'm in love with the lunchbox designed by Kevin and Jody. Obviously, I, we've talked about it before, but it was nice to actually get it myself. And... Sherry visited our pal Bob Gurr, Disney legend, on Sunday. Oh, those photos he posted. Oh, I went up. Uh, I went up to his place. We had dinner. Stories. There were Rolly Crump stories that I was in tears. It was. He's just. Oh my gosh! Why didn't you record it for the podcast? You should always be recording. Should you know what? <laughs> next hashtag next time. Great. <laughs> but Tony, what's up in the news? 
Well, we begin with Oscars news. You guys ready? Buckle up. The all-star cast of presenters for the 93rd Oscars have been announced, including Angela Bassett, Halle Berry, Bong Joon-ho, Don Cheadle, Brian Cranston, Laura Dern, Harrison Ford, Regina King, Marley Matlin, Rita Moreno, Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon, Renee Zellweger, just to name a few, wow. will all present at the Oscars with even more cast being announced. And of course, save the date, y'all. Don't miss the 93rd Academy Awards on Oscars Sunday, April 25th, televised on my home sweet home, ABC Network. So it's going to be a really good Oscars. I know that the pressure is on in the time we're in, but I have no doubt this will be the best show ever. It's going to be uh-huh. awesome. Great. That is so star studded. I am sure Jeffrey knows 95% of those people already. <laughs> All right. I, I, I do not. I wish I did. Sure. I do have a, a fabulous Renee Zellweger story for of course. another time. Of course you do. <laughs> Classic. Wow. I really missed you guys. <laughs> well, put on your listening ears, get on your dancing shoes in honor of Shanghai Disney Resort's fifth anniversary the year of magical surprises has begun and with it they unveiled such a such a bop as the kids say it's called yes we love a bop we love a bop i'm so old (laughs) we stand should i keep going we stand a bop (laughs) we stand a bop (laughs) this is no longer english Okay, so the song is called Magical Surprise. It's an all new song that captures the theme of the special fifth anniversary occasion. It was written by Grammy nominated producer Chris Cernell and Jeff Lewis, who is a season four contestant of The Voice with both Mandarin and English versions. It is sung by the popular boy band singer Lou Yuning. You can hear it on the Disney Parks blog. I gave it a listen and it has been stuck in my head. It is like I said, it's a bop. It's, it is a bop. Certified. <laughs> so if you're not at Shanghai Disney Resort, listen to it on the Parks blog. If you are at the resort, you can hear it throughout the park, including its integration into some toys, as well as the Pepsi E-Stage and during the Magical Surprise pre-parade. A whole lot of magic. Well, a little bit closer to home, we have a lot of Disneyland news. And Sherry, you know, you've got some fun stuff to talk about coming up. But um, mm-hmm. big, big news last week. Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure Park will open on June 4th. (gasps) Wow! We love an opening date. We do love an opening date. And there's (laughs) so much fun. The Web Slingers of Spider-Man Adventure attraction, unbelievable. I may or may not have gotten to play test that a year and a half ago. I'm just saying, mind-blowing technology. The Pim Test Kitchen, they've shown photos of that food. And I mean, that pretzel, I'm like, bring it on. I can handle that pretzel, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it is a very large pretzel, but I'm always very hungry. <laughs> the Shawarma Palace, it. the Terran Treats, and of course, all of the incredible interactions that guests will be able to have with their favorite heroes, Iron Man, Captain Marvel, all of that coming. So exciting. You can always check out the Disney Parks blog for more epic updates. Well, in more Disneyland Resort excitement, I have some ghoul news for all my- I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) 
new enhancements and decorations have materialized at Disneyland Park's mm -hmm. Haunted Mansion. The spirit of home improvement isn't limited to just the living. And I can relate to this, like all of quarantine, I've just been moving, literally moving and then moving furniture around and doing home improvements. But it's not just us who's doing this. Our ghostly pals have been working on their own creepy changes to their retreat. The original April to December changing portrait is now back in the mansion. Also, I'm super jazzed about this. I feel like I'm a cat and dog person, but more a cat person. Guests will encounter a new mysterious cat statue inspired by early concepts of Haunted Mansion where a ghostly cat would follow guests on their journey. Mm. Yes, there are also Meow. new details. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh. This is where everyone stops the podcast and unsubscribes. <laughs> <laughs> there are also new details in the seance room, the attic, and the pet cemetery out front. You can see a video of all the updates at d23.com and on Disney Parks YouTube. But stay tuned on d23.com for more news on Haunted Mansion as it gears up for the resort's planned reopening April 30th. Excited to hurry back. Ooh. Hurry back. Well done, Sherry. Thank you. Well, switching coasts, the next milestone in the historic transformation happening at Epcot at Walt Disney World is the new Creations Shop opening this summer. So Creation Shop will be Epcot's new flagship merchandise location featuring a bold, sleek design that creates a perfect showcase for the rich variety of items inside as part of an Epcot experience that connects back to this park's storied past while looking to the future. Ooh. Tony, where will this be in the park? I'm glad <laughs> you asked. Well, it's slated to be adjacent to the also soon to be revitalized Club Cool hosted by Coca-Cola, which will also reopen this summer. So Club Cool is reopening in a fresh new way along Creations Shop while keeping the fan favorite experience that invites you to explore these tasty drinks from other countries. Ah, fun. It was always amazing to me, like the different versions of colas yes. that they had. Some that I was like, wow, who likes to drink this? Yes, and the I Beverly. Oh, that was the one. I was just going to say, my true favorite thing was to prank friends into trying certain flavors. <laughs> Cheers to that. Lots of new and fun coming. But before this summer, this is also fun. National Geographic just announced a star-studded Earth Day Eve celebration. Y'all, yeah. so get ready. Mm -hmm. Nat Geo's Earth Day Eve 2021 virtual celebration will premiere exclusively on Nat Geo's YouTube channel and on natgeo.com slash Earth Day Eve. Of course, write that down. On Wednesday, April 21st at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, hosted by travel expert Jessica Nabongo, featuring performances, Earth Day performances, no less, by Aurora, Willie Nelson, and Ziggy Marley, to name a few. And Ooh. there will also be a virtual after party on the Nat Geo TikTok account starting at 10 p.m. Eastern cool. on Earth Day Eve. So we truly love to see it. Lots of things to celebrate and looking forward to Earth Day 2021. What a great way to count down. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of things happening on planet Earth, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has been cast in the new Indiana Jones film. So yes. very interesting transition. <laughs> I mean, the news is huge and amazing, but I'm like, as a, you know, I mean, I realize that, you know, there's certain things that happen in Star Wars and 
Marvel <laughs> films that are, you know, not of this earth. Yeah, but you got to specify the, which planet we're on before we start okay. a news story. So this is planet that. Earth. But actually, we do know and love Phoebe Waller-Bridge from Outer Space, solo <laughs> a Star Wars story. True. So she's going to star alongside Harrison Ford, who is returning to the role of the legendary hero archaeologist for the fifth installment of the iconic franchise. And mm. legendary John Williams is returning to score the film, continuing mm. a musical journey which began 40 years ago with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indy swings into theaters July 29th, 2022. Yes. Yeah. Well, coming a little bit sooner uh, on Disney Plus May 14th, to be exact, season two of High School Musical, the musical, the series. That first season, I loved it so much. And they have set it up. There was just a new trailer, which debuted. You can see it on Disney Plus's various channels. Derek Huff going to be facing off with Miss Jen. I'm, I am all <laughs> in for this as the uh, yes. Wildcats of East High prepare to do Beauty and the Beast. And as always, Carlos, the hilarious Frankie Rodriguez has the mic drop moment of the trailer. So mm -hmm. tune in, get ready to laugh. I, I cannot wait. And hopefully we'll have some of the cast on the show to chat. Hope so. It's exciting. Well, we all know what time it is. <clears throat> bum, bum, bum. It's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, courtesy of our friends at D23, the official Disney fan club. For complete listings and all information, visit d23.com. Wow. Tony, I what like do we have up version. first? I'm in such a relaxed state to deliver five <laughs> things to watch this week. <laughs> First up, a new episode of Shark Tank on ABC, uh, Friday, April 16th at 8 p.m. Love so good. Uh, entrepreneur pitches uh, this week include two chefs from Oakland who had a major pivot when the pandemic nearly derailed their business based on perishable or rare ingredients. And also an entrepreneur from California uh, is presenting his high-tech self-cleaning water bottle which I did not really know until I read this, that I, it's something that I really want. So we'll be yeah. tuning in. <laughs> Here you go. Also on Friday the 16th, it's the series premiere of Earth Mood, which is going to be on Disney+. Plus. And it sounds like it's essentially like a visual, audio, chillax kind of experience mm. with a colorful and calming corners of the world that are portrayed for all people to enjoy. Wow. I don't know so why soothing. I'm saying it like that. Like as if that was, you know, I don't know. I don't think that that was very relaxing. I think People are probably like, well, there's nails down a chalkboard and there's Jeffrey's voice. Um, we'll call it an earth mood. <laughs> and uh, new to the Disney Plus catalog on April 16th is The Kid Who Would Be King, the sort of oh. modern day tale of Excalibur. So there's that. And also new to Disney Plus is Rio, the very adorable animated film about a flightless macaw who acts more human than bird. <laughs> And on Saturday, April 17th at 9 p.m. Eastern on Nat Geo Wild, it's a new episode of Dr. Oakley, Yukon Vet. All right, this one is called O oh and the Three Bears. We've got <laughs> three bears. We've got baby Nigerian pygmy goats. We've got a lynx, yada, yada, yada. This is what you're here for. The team is going to perform a castration on a Rottweiler. What? <laughs> there it is. 
The end. <laughs> I mean, there's Sherry's <sighs> mic drop. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I read ahead and I had to meet my mic because I was cackling. So <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> yep. Well, five fantastic things indeed. Truly fantastic. Well, let's get to our guest. This very talented actor has appeared on and starred in many shows for Disney and ABC over the years, including What About Brian, Eli Stone, Eastwick, Off the Map, Mistresses, Castle, and Desperate Housewives. In 2010, he joined a little show called Grey's Anatomy, maybe you've heard of it, and in 2018 was spun off to star in its sister show, Station 19. Welcome to the show, Jason George. <laughs> nice to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. A confession for our listeners. I have known you since 1997 when we were both uh, in elementary school, I'm pretty sure. Exactly. I was shocked going through your resume, the insane number of Disney and ABC credits you have. Do you have some hotline to Mickey that I was unaware of? No, I don't. Although when I look at it and I think about it, I feel like the mouse definitely shines on me. Uh, and, the, and the mouse makes a difference, trust me. It's funny because when we first met, I was doing, my first gig was for Aaron Spelling and NBC. And I had some connections Never there. Never heard of it. And then so, somewhere along the way, it, uh, you know, it took off and I've been hanging out in the mouse house for a minute and it's been a beautiful thing. Well, I'm going to mute Jeffrey's mic because Jason, I have to ask you to tell us everything about Jeffrey, what he was like in 97 as a 90s kid. Spill it. <laughs> He's, I mean, the same as me. I mean, we're, you know, a, a more awkward version of ourselves, uh, <laughs> a more ready to run streets and, run, you know, hang out till two in the morning, you know, because he was working, uh, which magazine were you working for back then, Jeffrey? I was an editor at one of the soap opera magazines that is now no longer. Yes, editor, by the way. So the, the wonderkin of that market. And so we would do the official interviews and then there would be uh, hanging out on into the wee hours. And to incriminate Jeffrey would be to incriminate myself. So I'm going to leave it alone at that. Yes, a particularly crazy night in, I think it was Phoenix or Tucson. 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 Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. When in Tucson. Exactly. Even stranger, and Jason, I don't know if you remember this, but I actually went to college with your on-screen wife Chandra Wilson. No, I did not know that. Really? I did. I was a freshman. She was a sophomore at NYU. And she um, ended up being the leading player in the musical Pippin. She was fabulous. I worked the follow spot. She was amazing. <laughs> Shut your mouth. I had no idea. Yeah, very small world. So how familiar were you with Grey's Anatomy when you joined the cast? Tremendously, actually. I, my wife and I have this, you know, we work out while watching shows that we know the other one won't watch. So I watched the garbage action films that she would never want to see and that I'm almost ashamed to admit that I, I'll watch. And she'll watch the quote unquote chick flicks that she knows that I have no interest in seeing. As soon as they cross that line and become something good, you know, the Wind Harry Sallys of the world, she knows I want to check it out. The, you know, the diehards of the world, she knows, I know she wants to check it out. Somebody gave her the DVD set of Grey's Anatomy back in the day. I want to say this is around season two, season three, something like that. She started watching it on the bike because we call them bike films or bike shows. Very quickly, she realized, she walked in and said, you're going to watch this with me and you're going to like it. And I think we got halfway through an episode and I said, I need to do this show someday. And about a year and a half later, something like that, 
I got the opportunity. And it, you know, in the, the truth is it, it's the only time that I've called the shot like that. Every other time it's not panned out. And so it was a beautiful thing. And so it was actually, you know, I'd been in the business for a while at that point and I hadn't been nervous about showing up on a set for a minute, but I had something on it that day. I was like, let's not screw this up. Let's try and hang out here as long as possible. And now it's been something like, you know, 10 years. Well, speaking of hanging on to you, how did you find out that we were spinning you off to Station 19? Did you know like a few months before where they were like, we need you tomorrow for this thing? How was that experience? You know, it was the summertime. I remember I was on vacation with my family back in Virginia. We were actually at my brother-in-law's in their, uh, their community pool. Throwing the kid, I'm literally throwing kids into a pool because, you know, that's how I get down. We just, we just t- tossing kids around. Better than into a pit of acid. Beat, beating up a bunch of young people because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> lovingly, with all with love. Got a call and, you know, Shonda Rhimes and Betsy Beers want to speak with you this afternoon. Would that be okay? First off, you don't say no to that. Would that be okay? Second off, it's either going to be a really great day or a really bad day. Uh, <laughs> and so, so I can't lie and say that the thought didn't cross my mind. I was like, well, Ben Warren's dead. There you go. We're out. Uh, you got to look for a job. Oh gosh. When I talked to them, they told me about this idea and it just was brilliant and made sense to me. And the part that made it even sweeter was the fact that, you know, not only was Ben Warren not dying and because he wasn't dying, he was spinning off into this other show that he could come back to grades. So it was like a situation of cake and eat it too. Like go try and build this thing from the ground up, which every actor wants to be a part of. And if it doesn't take, you still get to come back to the mothership. You know, but mom, mom didn't turn your room into a, a, a sewing room. So you still get to come <laughs> home. And that's how I always describe it is that, you know, there's the home that you grow up in where, you know, you feel safe, but other people built it. And you just kind of got to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And then there's the house that you help build as a grown up, and it's yours and you have some amount of ownership in it and you figured out how you want things to run there. You know, you got to be a part of those decisions anyway. And that's the difference between station 19 and Grace. So people are like, which do you like better? I'm always like, you can't decide. You know, it's like, do you not like your parents' house? You know, but you also don't know that you want to live there all the time. You love going home, but you don't know that, you know, so you like it both ways. Was Ben already looking into being a firefighter or was that the phone call where you found out that was going to happen? That was the phone call where I found out that was going to happen. Although they're kind of smart and good at what they do. I don't know if you knew that about the folks. <laughs> so they had actually, in the finale of the season that had just ended, there was this massive fire. And Ben, who we find out is deathly afraid of fire, but his need to help his friends trumps his fear of fire. So he literally threw, grabbed a firefighter's coat, threw it on, ran in to help them find the friend. And the woman who wrote that episode, Stacey McKee, also created a little show called Station 19. So mm. was it a plan? Was it an accident? She'll say, well, I won't. She goes, I don't know that I was consciously thinking of it, but there was a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, you're good. You play the long game. I got you. I see how you do. Did you feel like any pressure being the one Grace character that people really loved going to anchor the show? You know, I didn't feel pressure because I'd been playing Ben. And so I was looking forward to all those opportunities and challenges. As much as I love doing Grey's Anatomy, and I do, you're static. Whereas Station 19 is, we're always on location every episode, at least a little bit. We've always got some stunts going on. We've, you know, there's action, they're running, you know, that sort of stuff. But the other part of it was, I did feel a certain sense of responsibility to kind of explain to my castmates 
how Shondaland works, which is, I think the direction that a lot of Hollywood is heading in, which is there's a no jerks policy. Now fill in your favorite word for jerks and you'll understand what I'm saying. And, and it's widely known throughout Hollywood that that's their thing is that they want the most talented people they can find, but they also want people who are gonna make the work environment better, make the group dynamic better. And so I kind of shared that with my castmates. And so it, it really kind of set a great tone to be able to like lump that on the table day one like, let's all just take care of each other. That's definitely served us up really well over the course of the years. Cause you know, we then found out, you know, firefighting's hard. <laughs> and, <laughs> what? And, and, and it's gonna test you physically and a little mentally. And so there were definitely times that we had to circle the wagons and all come together. And so having that mentality, that spirit that, you know comes from the top on down definitely has served us. So that was, so I felt responsibility more than I felt pressure. From COVID to social justice, both shows have done a remarkable job at addressing incredible topical events. What's that like for you as an actor and as someone living through these events? Look, we don't live in a vacuum. So it's been every bit as hard for me as an individual, us as a cast, as it has all of America, you know, getting through the pandemic and living through George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey and too many more people, you know, I don't know how long the podcast is um, to name, but I feel blessed in that on the COVID tip, ABC, Disney, they plunked down the cash to actually get us all back to work. It costs a lot of money to get this many people tested three times a week, to get all the PPE, the masks, the shield that everybody has to wear. You can't come near an actor without wearing a mask and a shield. Everybody's broken down into zone A and zone B and then zone C is the outside world. Zone A is anybody who comes anywhere near an actor and zone B can't come near an actor. So literally I'll get yelled at at times because they'll say get off the stage because some of our zone people can't come in to do their job until you get off. Mm -hmm. So it's very seriously taken. And that's the reason why we've been able to get through an entire season of shooting. And so I feel blessed they plunked down the money. I feel blessed that everybody's taking it seriously and we've gone at it and made a good show. And I feel blessed that we took it on on camera to take it on and to make sure we reflect back how much it impacts the lives of doctors, nurses, all medical professionals, first responders. They're tired. And when I say tired, I mean to their bones. I mean, in a way that tears will come if you start speaking too much about it. If they slow down too much and you start talking about it, they'll lose it because they've seen too much. They've been through too much. And to be able to kind of reflect that back to the world when we start taking it for granted, when we start thinking that we're out of it and we're not yet, the ability to say, no, 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 no. There are people who still have to deal with this all day, every day, and are losing exponentially more patients than they ever have in their entire life. That's a useful thing. That's beautiful. On the social justice tip, I feel blessed that I have writers and executive producers, Krista Vernoff, and of course, you know, Shonda and Betsy, they really believe in being able to do good and do well. So let's reverse engineer this show to not just entertain, but also educate and create empathy in people. And so there are a few episodes of Station 19, especially coming up that I think are just gonna wreck people because behind the scenes, we always tell people to have those uncomfortable conversations and push through. It's gonna be uncomfortable, but so is working out, but you're better on the other side of it. So have those conversations. Well, we had to have those conversations amongst ourselves as a cast, the crew of writers room producers. Mm. And it ended up really being kind of beautiful and new things came out of it. Like literally 
it changed the writing. It, it changed the episode order. It, it created episodes. And so seeing that and experiencing that, you know, and knowing that I'm, I'm not brand new to Hollywood, I've never seen anything like it. And I hope that this is, again, where the entire industry is headed, where there's a real conversation happening between people in America, in the community, the cast, and the writers and the people who create and make television where we're really kind of creating this loop where we say, let's try and reflect not only what's really going on, but what we can be. That's been the blessing of doing Station 19 and Grey's Anatomy for the last few years. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that experience. I mean, wow. And what a tease, by the way, for what's to come. Man. (laughs) See what I did there? I tied it all together. So you you gotta watch me know what the hell I'm talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about unless you actually watch. Oh man. For the super fans out there, Miranda and Ben, we know have had a pretty tumultuous but rich history together. Mm-hmm. They look pretty solid in last week's crossover event. Where do you feel these two are currently at? I mean, look, if it didn't break, it's stronger than it ever was before. So they got pretty close to breaking. I mean, the super fans will remember. And then to have her, you know, by the way, we have a new kid. By the way, you know, congratulations, you have a boy. He's 17. Is crazy. Is an insane thing to do. And I love that the whole way that played out was Ben's angry, but then when it really came down to it, he's like, no, of course we're going to adopt the kid. That's not the point. The point is he didn't talk to me first. And that's often a thing with Ben. When Ben's sister transitioned, he was angry and hurt, but it was never about transition. I don't care about that. We're each other's person and you didn't tell me. That's not cool. Like the most important thing in your world and you didn't tell me for years, not cool. And so that's where Ben gets down. So all those are out of the way. They've got the kid and it's really kind of great for them and their family right now, which means it can only get screwed up. (laughs) Which which means (laughs) that Ben can only get worried about, you start worrying about what happens. Can I take care of all these people? And if something happens to me, God forbid, what happens there? So I think, Fans have something like that to look forward to. And I, as a dad, had a lot to pull from. I've always been a daredevil and always enjoyed doing ridiculously stupid things that, uh, you know, went, especially when I was younger. And then you get older and you get a little smarter. When I, I'm the guy who enjoys the turbulence on the plane because, hey, if it's my time, it's my time. Oh my gosh, I'm the same. I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm not flying the plane, so just enjoy it. It's a roller coaster. And, and I actually enjoy, I've actually taken some flying lessons. So I actually enjoy flying a plane as well. And I know a plane wants to fly and I know that it's safe. So the turbulence doesn't bother me until I had kids. Hmm. And suddenly I started to think, oh, if I go south, what happens then? And then I got life insurance and I was good again. <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was like, they are actually fundamentally financially better off if I go south. So which, every time I say it, my wife gets really mad at me and throws something at me. She's like, knock wood. You know, she, she doesn't like that joke, but. I enjoy it because it makes me laugh. And really, the peace of mind is a real thing. And I feel like that's when everything's going right and moving in the right direction, like it is for Ben with his family, with his wife right now, that's where he is, is the slightest thing that makes him worry, uh-oh, what if this gets messed up? And so I, there's, there's some of that headed his way, I think. What was the craziest secret you've had to keep on the show? Mm. craziest secret I've had to keep I'll, I'll tell you the craziest secret I didn't get to keep and I will forever get at Christopher and offer this most of the cast we didn't know that Patrick was showing back up 
Ah, that's amazing. They managed to pull that off. I blew her phone up. I was like, okay, mad props. Mad props for pulling <laughs> off. Breaking the internet, getting America, and getting me. So that was one I didn't get to keep because I got surprised right along with America. The biggest city is probably next to that is probably similarly, I think, you know, knowing things like who's going to be leaving the show. Those are hard secrets to keep, especially since I have a lot of fans in my own house. My daughter and son who are my oldest is 17. My twins are turning 13. They're diehard fans. My daughter has now seen every episode of Grey's Anatomy, I think, four times. And I tell her you really need to find something else to do in your pandemic. I say, that as, I, I, say that, I say that as somebody who benefits from your watching the show, enough, do something, watch something else. So keeping the secret from them in my own house. And she says she doesn't care about spoilers, but some of them I'm like, I know you say you don't care and you want to know, you don't want to know this. You want to enjoy this live and for real. I mean, Luca, and now maybe Karina and maybe yeah. Maya. Oh. I mean, I'm very, I'm very invested. Giacomo was a hard one for me because I've been involved with the show longer, but I was a recurring guest star. I was still a series regular on other shows. Like I was, uh, you know, I was regular on Mistresses and coming back in Moonlighting or like, I was always doing a couple different shows for most of the time I was doing Grey's. I was doing Off Map while doing Grey's. I was doing Mistresses while doing Grey's. But I became a series regular on Grey's Anatomy about the same time that Giacomo did. So we kind of came in as brothers that way. And that's, that's still my boy. And all the love is there because even after... He directed his episode after his character died on the show. If that tells you about, you know, it really is wow. about, you know, storylines and what's best for the show. And I hope he comes back and directs more because he did a great job. In fact, his episode <laughs> just aired. Keeping Giacomo a secret was hard because, you know, we'll, we'll text like, you know, to just talk. And so keeping that secret from folks was hard. <laughs> it also, by the way, I will also say, it was a hard one for all of them as well, because as good as they did with Patrick coming back, with McDreamy showing up, they messed it up with Giacomo because they, they managed to keep it secret and fake scripts for the Grey's Anatomy side of things. And then the Station 19 episode, oh. <laughs> whoops, we forgot to black out and, and change up the, uh, so it slipped through. And Station 19, some Station 19 knew before some of Grey's did. That's funny. So uh, changing tracks, it was uh, over a year ago, you were one of the very first people to participate in Disney's story time with series back when the pandemic began, mm. which to bring comfort to kids and families who were all at home. And you read The New Spider-Man in Town, mm -hmm. um, which you were great. What was it like for you to be a part of that project, really just you know, in such a different kind of uh, way that you're reaching audiences? Since this is in-house Disney, anything Marvel, I'm your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's reading a story, voicing a character in an animated thing, showing up in a movie, TV series, whatever. Agent Kevin Feige. I've been a fan since, I don't remember not being a fan. And having watched Marvel grow, having watched Marvel become part of the Disney universe. So the opportunity for me to read a story that felt like I was reading to young Jason, you know, reading to eight-year-old Jason. For me, that was at a time when you know, grown Jason, you know, needed a security blanket because we were in the middle of the pandemic and we all thought it was going to be, oh, it's going to be two weeks. Okay, well, maybe it'll be two months. Oh, we're looking at a, a year plus, a year and a half. That was right when we were realizing this is the long haul. So everybody needed a little something, a little sunshine in their life. So the opportunity to put some sunshine into some kids' lives was pretty special. And the fact that it got to be 
you know, when, when you said, what do you want to read? I was like, what do you got that's Marvel? I said, that's no brainer. You know? And I had to do Spider-Man because that's always been my boy and, and all the changes they made to Spider-Man and the fact that there's a Spider-Man that's a man of color, like all of those things has meant the world to me, the kid inside of me, my own kids, even as a grown man. But, you know, it's just been really, it, it, was, it was a really special time. So it, it was fun. So as a fellow East Coaster, I have to ask you, did you get to go to Disney World growing up? I went to Disney World once when Ooh. I was, I want to say I was 13, I think, uh, with the church group. We went down and had an absolute blast. And I cannot confirm this because I saw him at a distance of, I don't know how many, you know, like a hundred feet or whatever, but uh, the roller coaster line, Space Mountain line froze and we waited for, and the word got passed back that Michael Jackson and his entourage came through the ride or something like that. And, I, and we thought we caught a glimpse, but it, you know, from a hundred, it could have been anybody, but you know, that was, uh, but you know, the fact that I still remember it uh, was pretty fantastic. And then, you know, when I first moved out to Los Angeles, one of the first things we did was hit Disneyland because you know, of for the comparison. And I just remember thinking, this is a lot smaller. <laughs> we prefer the word intimate more intimate yes there you go there you go Jeff. there you go yeah let's go with intimate because uh, they had nothing but land and there was epcot and everything but uh i look sitting here thinking about it i'm mad because we were just gearing up to go back to disney world to get to this new star wars attractions because mm -hmm. outside of marvel the other great love of my life is all things star wars uh, like every other kid and i have yet to go and so that's one of the first things I'm looking forward to as soon as this uh, pandemic lets up. And then I have a friend who uh, is an engineer. We, we've known each other since like eighth grade. He became an engineer in the military. He's been hired by another studio to work at their theme park in Orlando. And he and I have been developing plans to get the families together to do both parks in the course of a week. So that's on the horizon. So I'm, I'm, I'm planning the, the trip back to Disney World sometime soon because uh, uh, running around with one of my childhood friends, all of our kids who were all in their teens would be kind of like the, uh, the, you know, the cherry on top. Uh, amazing. Well, since you've been in the Disney family for a long time now, we wanted to ask you about some of your Disney faves, starting with Go. favorite animated movie. Wow, it's hard. See, as a dad, I look at the Incredibles and I laugh because my kids need to recognize that I'm a superhero. But I will say that if I'm uh, just a lover of really phenomenal animation, it might be that 30 minutes of Up, mm. the silent movie that exists within Up, or a similar section of Wally. That is yeah. just like silent movies come back to animation. And they're, that's where you hit that like animation's not just for kids. Kids get out of the way. This is just phenomenal movies. Those sections are beautiful to me. All right. Favorite Disney song? Oh, okay. Mm. Here's the thing. I am not nearly the biggest Frozen fan as some folks are, but Let It Go, you cannot. Yes. Adina Menzel, since I go, I saw the original cast of Rent, which Adina Menzel was, of course, that's where she became Broadway royalty. So anytime you can hear those pipes blow, Let It Go is just done. It, it caps the day. I think I know the answer to this. Maybe I don't. Favorite Marvel character? Spider-Man, but a close second is Captain America. Mm. Because you can say the name and you're either talking about Steve Rogers 
or you're talking about when he became a person of color. Just yeah. like it's all there when Sam got the mix. And I'm loving that Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Truly, truly. Don't even get me started on that. I'm like, you know, <laughs> the fact that they're doing this, it's an entire story about soldiers and the cost it takes to defend other people and all this. It's really kind of beautiful. So smart. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll get my geekdom out of the way. Continue. All right. Disney Parks attraction. Oh, now called the Incredicoaster. Ah, yeah. I'm a speed nice. freak. I'm a, I'm a speed freaking like the shakes and the move on there is pretty fantastic. It's dope. All right. My personal favorite, your favorite Disney Parks snack. You know, I, you can never get around a pretzel. A pretzel mm, is just, yes. it's just a vehicle for salt, but somehow it makes it all so much better. And last, um, we like to ask everyone, what is your favorite Disney memory? Favorite Disney memory. Okay, my daughter was very, uh, it was the year that we went to Disney, because of course we've been to Disneyland a lot since I've been working for Disney. We're going to take advantage of that because I, I love me a good theme park. And my daughter was very afraid of a lot of, rides you could fight darth vader and she wouldn't do it and then one year she fought darth vader she rode the rides she even felt like on the merry-go-round which you know rocks back and forth independently while you're going around in the circle like you know grown people have thrown up on that she started to fall asleep and she was perfectly fine and suddenly there was this corner turned and she was this young woman sitting in front of me and she was like i got all this it's all good and the roller coasters and everything that was the year that you know she, she was my ride buddy for a good long while. That was a good time at Disneyland. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. And on June 4th, Avengers Campus opens down at Disneyland. So the, the big new attraction there is going to be the Web Slinger attraction where you actually become Spider-Man and or you, you get Spidey's power. So uh, maybe we'll see you down there. First in line. <laughs> <laughs> first, first and last is just see me on a loop. Thanks so much. It's great seeing you. Great. It's great getting to catch up. It's a great seeing you. So I, for one, did not get enough of Jason talking about Jeffrey. So (laughs) we need a whole other episode of that and bring Jason back personally. And Grey's Anatomy and Station 19. The amazing shirts. But I will be posting on the socials some 90s photos of us. So uh, you you, will be sharing those. A a good TBT moment. That is true. Oh, can't wait to see. Well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check us out at D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.